Hey, good morning, my friends, and welcome to another moment, a Black History Moment with Bo. And I'm here to tell you today is going to be a great day for you. And you know why? Because you started out with this show. And you know, at the end, you're going to be a little bit more knowledgeable because you've heard some things that you've never heard before. Some things that's going to make you a little mad sometimes and a little sad sometimes. But you know, it's the truth. And I can't believe I've lived long enough that I am being fact-checked by some 20-year-old boy with man buns, skinny jeans, and a nose ring that don't even know who bound Pearl Harbor. But you see, that's all right with society because they're trying to dummy us up. But you know what? You're stronger because you had to be. You're smarter because of the mistakes happier because of the sadness you've known and now wiser because you have learned and you know what my friends their lies about us don't work anymore we know who we are we are descendants of people stretching back to the dawn of humanity we have rich cultures language traditions and histories and we don't need their damn respect or approval. So right about now, we're going to slip into darkness and I'm going to pull out some things that you've never heard and do my damnedest to bring them to the light of our people. History. True black history. Here's some facts, my friends, I'm sure you have never heard of. On slave ships to Americas, enslaved West Africans braided rice seeds in their hair and forever altered the new world economy with their knowledge of the rice crop. You see, Western historians did not know a thing until the 2000s about how the African slave trade enslaved peoples found ways to regain their agency and keep themselves and their culture alive. As Dutch slave owners forcibly transported people from West Africa to the colonies in modern-day Brazil and throughout the Americas, some African women, namely Rice farmers braided rice seeds into their hair as a means for survival of themselves and the culture of their homeland. You see, these seeds were safely transported to the New World and became one of the primary ways that the rice crop came to be cultivated in the Americas from Brazil to South Carolina. And West African women were the main contributors to the success of rice farming due to their knowledge and practice in not only transporting seeds, but also cultivating the plant for mass consumption in a lucrative plantation economy built on slavery. 
Now, there's a ton of research on tracing back the movements of African rice species from West Africa to French Guiana and eventually into the homes of the descendants of those who escaped slavery on Dutch plantations. The descendants of these enslaved Africans are collectively known as the Maroon people. Now, rice farming, back-breaking as it is, is predominantly women's work, and the vast majority of maroon rice farmers are women. Now, during Adele's work during July of 2017 in French Guiana, she spoke at length with women descendants of maroon people, especially one named Edith, who demonstrated the African braided hairstyle that enslaved West African women used to hide and transfer rice seeds from their homelands to the Americas. Edith shares this story passed to her from her grandparents, as well as other maroon tribes. In times of slavery, when our ancestors came to Americas, they could not bring bag or luggage, so there were no belongings. With seeds in her hand, Edith said, if you have a little, it stays inside. In this way, she had rice seeds that she could plant again in her hair. In this way, she succeeded to bring a little rice, and this is why the people have rice hair today. In an effort to carry rice seeds with them before being held captive on a slave ship headed to the New World, a rice farmer created a braided hairstyle for herself that successfully transferred these critical seeds. And through this method, enslaved West Africans kept alive the very crop that sustained their bodies and their culture. And one of the few things they still had autonomy over, their hair. You see, by braiding rice into their hair, some ingenious West Africans helped ensure that parts of their culture and homeland could be carried with them. Between 1670 and 1860, enslaved West Africans escaped from Dutch Empire and began to settle in the nearby rainforest in modern-day French Guiana. These people who fled enslavement on rice plantations came to create their own society and collectively became known as the Maroon people. So you see, my friends, the Maroon people were not created in West Africa. They were created by the slaves that escaped Dutch rice plantations. Within Maroon society exist a number of tribes. And with their superior knowledge of agricultural practices, including rice cultivation, Maroons thrived in the interior rainforest off the eastern coast of South America. Well insulated from Dutch colonies, Maroon culture is exceedingly unique from religion to music, language, and more. Additionally, rice plays a major role in Maroon culture, particularly in ritual practices. And on top of that, 
African languages surrounding the rice crop provide an insight to its origin. You see, in parts of Africa where rice cultivation was already practiced before white colonists appeared, indigenous names for rice are used. And these names for rice in this region originated from native African languages, including Mano and Malo. New evidence was made about the autonomy of enslaved West Africans to preserve crops from their homelands provide an incentive to re-examine historical sources to trace the way African rice ended up in the New World and why it was cultivated by enslaved Africans and their descendants. You see, to sustain the growing populations of South Carolina colonists and the people they enslaved, it took a little bit more than the act of braiding rice into hair to transport seeds from Africa to the Americas aboard slave ships. It also took the expertise of enslaved West African women to plant, cultivate, and harvest this rice skills that European colonists relied heavily on. You see, early colonists in South America did not know a damn thing about how to farm rice. You see, Western history accounts typically attribute the colonists' ability to farm rice in mass on a stroke of genius. But, but the fact of the matter is that it was enslaved West Africans who had been farming rice for generations that imparted this knowledge, which eventually helped to develop the plantation economy in the U.S., once again, stealing from us, my friends, and calling it theirs. In South Carolina and Georgia, enslaved African women were the prime laborers on rice plantations. Fact. Women's work included sowing the rice seeds, weeding, hoeing, and threshing. There was also the manual milling process of removing inedible husks so the rice could be consumed. Carolina's coastal westlands provided excellent farming land for the crop and rice flourished. And just like in the Dutch colonies in South America, the appearance of rice in South Carolina was not due to a stroke of genius on the part of European colonists, but rather the farming knowledge from enslaved West Africans who were forcibly brought over. So here it is in a nutshell, my friends. The history of rice cultivation suggests that the crop's appearance in South Carolina was not the outcome of European agency and ingenuity, but the result of a sophisticated knowledge system of wetland cultivation brought by involuntary black migrants. And there it is. But you see, until the 20th century, historians believed that the introduction of rice into West Africa came from the Portuguese, who originally brought the crop over from Asia. Even as growing evidence suggested that Africans were growing rice before European colonists had appeared on the continent, the narrative still held that Asia was the origin of this rice and that Arab traders must have introduced it to Africa in their travels. But research proved that to be a lie. 
because research shows that rice farmers in West Africa, particularly female rice farmers, had been perfecting the practice for generations. Rice has always been a crop associated with women. In attributing rice origins to their ancestors, maroon legends reveal the ways in which the enslaved gave meaning to the traumatic experiences of their past while remembering the role of the surreal in helping them resist bondage, survive as runaways, and commemorate cultural identity. So here is the end of this story, my friends. Over the course of tens of thousands of transatlantic voyages during the African slave trade, more than 10 million Africans were forcibly transported to the New World. Most Western historical societies' accounts paints the uh, discovery of rice in the New World with the brilliance of European colonists and discoverers who brought rice from Asia. However, it was African women bound in slavery who braided rice seeds critical to their culture and survival into their hair, allowing the crop to flourish in plantation economies and sustain the colonists who captured them. Today, rice is a stable component of Brazilian cultures and diet. Man, in the U.S., you can't have gumbo in the South without rice. The availability and popularity of rice in the Americas is linked to the efforts of enslaved West Africans who refused to leave a small piece of their homeland behind to face a lifelong bondage. As white men came to forcibly remove them from their homes for a life of enslavement, many ingenious Africans braided rice into their hair, committing a final defiant act of autonomy, even as they and their families lost everything. So there you have it, my friends. Damn, that's a hell of a story, ain't it? Every time you sit down to a dish of red beans and rice, you got to think about our ancestors. You got to. Because there was no rice here before they got here. They brought it with them. And once again, the story about its existence was taken away from us. Of all the cruelty that they endured crossing that Atlantic, the rice was in their hair all the time. A part of their home was in their hair all the time. I cannot express enough. That is some heavy shit and some heavy knowledge. And you know what? I'll be a different person tomorrow because of what I learned today. And so will you. Because next time you sit down to a dinner and a plate of rice, you can tell your children how that rice got here. And that's how real truth in fact carries on. My friends, that music tells me that it is once more that time. And this has been an interesting day, and I've learned something that I had no idea was in place. But before I go, you know I have to leave you with a message. And that message is this. They lie about our history. They lie about police shootings. They lie about our crime rates. They lie about our statistics. 
Isn't it therefore time that we realize that they're also lying about the people that we truly are? We must stop expecting truth from a people that clearly despises truth. Have a good day, my friends. Until next time, it has been my honor. <laughs>